Welcome to Startups Ignited. This is an interview series podcast with inspiring entrepreneurs in the international community who have turned their business dreams into reality. This space is to give a shout out to those crazy entrepreneurs by sharing their ideas and motivating the aspiring entrepreneurs with these extraordinary stories. So, welcome once again to Startups Ignited. Uh, today we have Zach from Shadow Delivery. How have you been? I've been good. I've been doing very well. It's the weather's been kind of uh, poor in Seoul, but <laughs> besides that, everything's good. Okay, that, that's great from here. Um, so please, this is starting right now, and please tell us about you. About, about myself? Yeah, who is Zach? Um, okay, who is Zach? Zach, okay, I have, um, I'm, from a Mich- I'm from Michigan in the U.S. Mm-hmm. originally. Uh, I attended Michigan State University. And uh, I graduated in 2008, and my major was uh, political science, pre-law, and uh, international business. And when I graduated, I moved to Seoul uh, straight away. So at that time, the economy kind of tanked yeah. right away. All my friends that had just been hired with jobs got like axed wow. straight away. Um, so my goal was actually just to take a year off, one mm-hmm. gap year, and then go to um, law school, right? So. I ended up coming to t- Korea to teach, uh, and I wanted to travel mostly, right? So my initial, uh, I guess, jump into Asia was te- through teaching. Right? Through teaching, yes. So uh, I did that for two years in Seoul. Um, my second year here, after, or sorry, after my first year here, I started traveling um, from train all the way down from Beijing all the way down through the Thai Islands, right? Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, so I did that with uh, one of my good friends from Michigan State who also lived here, fell in love with Shanghai, right? So my second year I came back, I started Mm -hmm. studying um, Chinese and uh, the main reason I wanted to move to China was to study Chinese and um, also like work in an international kind of company, international environment and meet some international people Mm -hmm. and I started working as an export sales manager. I did that for about a year and a half. Um, Ended up, you know, getting a better job offer and something I was more interested in, which was financial consulting. Um, I was a financial consultant for about two and a half years. After that, I didn't particularly like my job at that time because I thought it was like uh, quite boring. like nine to five, I guess. It was nine to five. I was wearing suits like every day, Ooh, right? Yeah. Uh, which I almost never do now, but I can do it still <laughs> if I have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I then um, the first time I moved to Seoul mm-hmm. or from Seoul to Shanghai, people always told me if you know two websites in Shanghai, it's Sherpa's Food Delivery, okay, and Smart Shanghai, right? So. When I moved to uh, Shanghai and found this out, I was like, oh man, I wish this was in Seoul. Because oh, wow. every time I was in Seoul, mm-hmm. um, I always had to have my Korean friend call the pizza delivery company. There was no English service. There was not even that many options. You had like local Korean food, um, you know, like you got your kimbap chimbu, yeah, so you got your chicken, you got also like, you know, Jim Doc and you know different little Korean spots that will deliver to your house, but you still have to be able to speak Korean like a lot. Um, I didn't. Um, then I moved to Shanghai. I found this company called Sherpas, and that led me to start writing the business plan. I quit my job, started writing the business plan, going to networking events, getting involved in the startup uh, community. I really liked it. Um, my other business partner Ben. 
Um, me and him raised uh, money before we moved here. Then we moved to Shanghai in 2014, and that's kind of, uh, I guess, my background and how I got here. Here, yeah. <laughs> so, at what point, like in that story, you just told us about, um, like, bird riders started. Mm, bird riders, yeah. Yeah, when it started, like how? Um, in all that part. When when did it start? Yeah. Uh, March of 2000. So we incorporated the business like March 19th, 2014. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so we started the business uh, March 2014, but our website was still being built out. Um, we knew it wasn't going to be done till like the end of July, mm -hmm. so we had to do all the business development, signing restaurants, hiring, finding an office, um, basically building the business, which is really difficult to do without any product. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we didn't have a product. We had screenshots of what was coming. We knew what was coming. But it was di it was kind of a difficult sell at the beginning uh, to the restaurants to you know pay commission, especially in Taiwan. Like um, nobody was really used to the current food delivery landscape, which everybody has delivery now, right? Yeah. So it was much different at the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, and then you know, I don't know if you want to get into the competition part of yeah why not yeah because yeah. that's a pretty funny story yeah so how we find out how i found out about why not so like i mentioned i quit my job in shanghai and me and mm -hmm. uh, my business partner ben started writing a plan for bird riders about a year before we actually moved there right okay. so before we started uh moving and you know actually getting involved in business we had to write the business plan make the pitch deck uh network meet investors get the money, get everything incorporated, and then get all the money into Korea, right? Which mm -hmm. is a quite complex yeah, it's process yeah. itself. So um, that happened March of 2014. So about, at this point, me and him are working out of my apartment. Uh, so I had an extra room in my apartment when we moved here. And it was just me and him, and one day, I was cooking lunch. I was actually making spaghetti okay. uh, in, in my apartment. And I just hear Ben go, He's like, like explicit, like explicitives, okay. but like, he's like, ah, like, like, uh, come here. I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? So, uh, I go in there and one of our friends had mutual friends had called and been like, Hey, is this your company? Why not take out? Like it just launched. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we initially wrote the business plan and came here, there was no English speaking service. Right. Yeah. There was only like a Korean one. So then we get here, like less than a month after being here, this company launches. And you found like, and we found out, and we were like, oh. So we started looking at the the website. Fortunately for us, Jason, one of the other co-founders, which you know, he will say this, his website was bad, and I saw <laughs> I saw it was like a WordPress site. It was a bad site, and uh, I saw it, and me and Ben, because at that point, you know. You said, did you ever think about quitting? At yeah, one, like, right? like when you saw like your, like you have this idea, and right. you want to launch your, and we've been, we've been kind of like, you know, nurturing and like, you know, building this idea up for over a year. Yeah, exactly. Point. You had the business plan. Yeah. You brought like all your assets from Shanghai to Seoul, and like the first month you came here, it's like, oh, here's a competition. Right. Yeah. Like, so, what do you felt? Like, you felt like quitting? You felt like, uh, like initially, what's no, initially, initially. Um, what we thought is, okay, let's 
you know, be you know strategic about it. We did just raise a lot of money from friends and family, right? Mm -hmm. So we weren't gonna like you know kamikaze like yeah let's let's do it like anyways type thing. We thought about it. We looked at the product. We knew the product that we had coming, and we knew the vision that we had, and we didn't um, at that time think that. Uh, they were going to be able to stop what we were doing, mm -hmm. right? So we knew when we launched, it was going to be like a whole new, a whole new thing. Okay. Um, also, there was some different strategic things. We were in more than one area of the city. They were only in Itaewon. Okay. Um, uh, we had a lot of like Korean drivers. They had a couple of foreign drivers, mm -hmm. right? So there was different things, um, and also we were signing restaurants at commission from the beginning because we followed the model from Shanghai. Okay. Right. Yeah. They weren't signing restaurants commission from the beginning. They were charging. So we knew they were losing money on orders. Right. Because yeah. like I said, it was difficult to sign restaurants at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Very difficult. So nobody was familiar with, uh, you know, signing up. Nobody was familiar. Yeah, nobody know the, the process. Nobody know how it worked. Nobody. So, you know, we're pitching commission and then this other restaurant, this other one is pitching zero commission. Okay. Right. So the only way to frame it like properly to actually get anybody to sign <laughs> is to say that's not us. We're we're not why not. We're we're writers delivery. This is how our business model works. This business model eventually isn't going to work because uh, they will either go out of business or they will come back later and ask you for a commission. For a commission, right? And then they did that, right? So then Ooh. at that point, okay. uh, we signed a bunch more restaurants. Um, and uh, yeah, so for about a year and a half, we were kind of fighting. Um, so basically, when you find out like why not, like you don't like freak out. You I did. We did freak out. Yeah, I, I guess you did, but you didn't like throw. We were annoyed. Yeah, you, did, you didn't throw them. Like this is for this. Yeah, you, we, you we, we, we thought you, about sending it back. Yeah, but also you thought strategically. Well, yeah. I understand now. Like, yeah. like you didn't thought like okay, let's stop this and let's try and find a new business or whatever to best. Well, I mean, what we thought was it's our friends and family's money. Yeah. We're just going to send all the money back. That's what we thought. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we don't want to like go into this and lose the money and lose the money. Right. So, um, because the situation that we had pitched had changed completely, completely 100%. Yeah. Different. Right. So we were going after a certain market and then it had changed. So anyways, we, we kind of like fight for about like, you know, a year and a half um, for market share. And the thing, the thing that happened within the foreign community, but what happened was the restaurants would like pin us against each other. They'd, uh -huh. be, like, they'd be like, oh, well, why not? It's offering 14% commission. You charge 15% commission. Yeah. And we would be like, well, we're not, we're not, why not? Like, we're, we're yeah, we are, you, you have to have brand positioning. Right? Yeah. Um, so we, you know, did that uh, quite successfully. Uh, we had exclusive, a lot of exclusive contracts. Mm -hmm. So if, if you were working with Why Not, you weren't working with us, right? And just by our brand positioning, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were able to get a lot of the marquees that they initially had. Okay. Right. So, so for you, branding worked a lot for getting like restaurants. Not branding, but brand positioning. Brand positioning. Right. right? So you know. If you're positioning yourself as like the cheapest, as the cheapest, yeah, cheapest right? Yeah. You know, the only people you're gonna get, you're gonna get the cheapest people, 
and the cheapest restaurants, which a lot of times aren't the best customers or the best vendors, yeah. right? Yeah. So we want to provide the best service. To provide the best service, this is what we yeah. need to hit to make money. Like a top tier. If we don't, if, yeah, like a premium, premium we will always tier. want it to be a bilingual and, uh, and now we're actually going into being trilingual, right? Mm -hmm. So we're adding, right now, if you come to our website in uh, Shuttle's website in China, uh, in Mandarin Chinese as your uh, browser language, it will auto translate everything on our website, okay. right? So this is fortunate for us. Uh, it's food, mm -hmm. so the translations are about a seven of ten, right? But eventually, what we'll do is we'll we'll start doing all Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. So we're already getting um, Chinese customers that, that order from us now, right? Yeah. So. Do you have like this first competition uh, between Whitenut and providers? So how at the end do you say like okay let's stop this and let's do the shuttle? Like um, how that happened? Like for this first competition, like getting the restaurants, getting customers mm -hmm. into like okay let's stop this and let's make shuttle. Uh, how did that happen? So actually, um, me and Jason were the biggest, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, opponents of merging our companies okay because we just wanted to win right like yeah. we wanted to win the, the thing but ben and mark were quite big proponents of merging okay. for a certain reason so just for telling them who is mark and then uh mark is one of the co-founders of why not he's now our cmo okay um jason was uh, the founder of why not yeah and ceo of why not and now he's our ceo Ben is our CFO at Shuttle now. He was my co-founder at that at directors, yeah. Okay. So um, at that point, you know, they were talking, and the reason we merged is because it was again, it was a strategic thing. What was happening is, you know, when you have two two like small companies vying for the same market, um, number one, it hinders your growth because people who know us are ordering from us and not ordering from why not, right? And the word of mouth aspect in all of what we did was very powerful. Um, so also you have double the office staff, right? Mm -hmm. Double the amount of drivers, double the amount of scooters, double the amount of insurance, right? So we knew if we just um, merged, we would immediately you know, cut operations in half, right? Plus you gain so many efficiency aspects. Um, there was so many times where we would be pulling up to one big apartment complex and you'd see like why not bikes and, and, and shuttle bikes. If all those orders are going one way and you're one company, then it's one driver can take like three orders, yeah. right? So in the, the name of this game is driver efficiency. Yeah. If you can get your driver efficiency up, then you can make money. If you can't get your driver efficiency up, then you're not making money at all, okay. right? So. You have to be more efficient, and then I would say the biggest one is um, we initially launched in Yongsan-gu, and uh, when we launched, there was no Korean competition, right? Okay. So the Korean competition started coming in, and what we thought internally was mm -hmm. if we merge and we can just like get the best, because our restaurant, uh, our target market is foreigners who don't speak Korean, and then Koreans who want to eat authentic foreign food. Yeah. Right, so these are our customers. And when we were initially launching, we, would, we were like, okay, if we can just lock down like Yongsan-gu and uh, have all the best 
authentic foreign foods like this can be our thing right mm-hmm. and then we can expand to other areas and and do that um so when that was being threatened by you know uh external like companies yeah like the korean um, companies yeah the korean companies but i'm a joke yogio these types of companies you know we were like oh man it's it's like we either merge or we both go out of business yeah right okay so it was the decision of continue alive or Yes, work together or die apart, yeah, basically. Just like decide what you want. Yes. Exactly. So um, all those things played big factors mm-hmm. in it, right? Um, fortunately for us, you know, um, it worked out better than we could have ever hoped. Yeah, because that's one, one thing, like working, like you have your own style of management. Mm-hmm. Um, why not have their own style of management? Mm-hmm. And like just mixing them together, like merging. I just get like how things going to work out it will be difficult yes you would think so right yeah because yeah. like you think you have this is why it took, is different um it took months different, marketing difference like it took everything. months for us to finally like because we had so many meetings where we were meeting because it, it has it's a culture thing too right yeah so what we ended up finding out we actually have the same culture. We actually have the same interests. We actually like the same things. We have a lot of the same mutual friends. Uh, it was a thing where it's like, how didn't we know each other before, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and really then, interesting. Yeah, and now even now, uh, you know, when we are hanging out outside of work, we're mm-hmm. hanging out together because we're friends, right? Yeah, yeah. So it ended up working out Like even more than business partners gains new friends out of it, right? So yeah, it was a it was a crazy thing and you know, we've done other companies and worked with other people too. Uh-huh. And, you know, many many businesses have problems with, you know, amongst co founders of the same company. Mm-hmm. Many companies. Yeah. So it's very fortunate for us how it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um But it couldn't have gone better, really. It was just like we just came together and melted together. Was... That's really, really amazing story. Like it was my previous like interview I had with Miro Tadic, uh, we were talking about his because he he's co co-founder. Yeah. And he told me that the co-founder is like a partner, like a relationship partner. Mm. You need to have like this yes. trust. Absolutely. You know them, like have a relationship with that person. Because it's on business. Well, I mean, and I think like you find that with why not, like they merge, yeah, like naturally. Right. I mean, they do that, but also, you know, when we were initially merging, we had so many meetings mm-hmm. to where that we were very comfortable once we actually merged, right? So we started the process of you know working out of the same office and being two separate companies. Okay. Uh, we kept. Uh, two companies' websites running even after we moved in because, and we didn't even announce it to the people for months. So we started getting the benefits of, uh, you know, one office okay. much earlier than we announced that But we had merged. merged. Okay. Right. So for you, what was the biggest problem for the merging? Like biggest the problem for merging? Yeah, or like the biggest like, or conflict or the most difficult part of the merge. Hmm, there was no conflict. It was just the fact that I wanted to have initially, like when you initially start a business, mm-hmm. you, you're like, I want all this. All of it, yeah. Like, that's not how business actually works best. Mm-hmm. 
business is best collaborative, right? Yeah. So what I learned um, from between then and now is, you know, to be more collaborative and actually, you know, we were overworked, we were underpaid like before, mm-hmm. right? So when you can alleviate these things and bring more people with different mindsets and different um, skills, you should always take that opportunity as long as it's mutually beneficial, right? Yeah. So that happened, right? And for me, the big, there was no big issues with merging. It was just that I was very focused on winning the battle, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like too close to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, Ben and Mark, like I said, they were the ones kind of really brokering the deal. Me and Jason were kind of like, yeah, like we could do it you know we're not like hot on it and we're not like cold on okay. it and they were the ones who kind of like coaxed it along uh-huh. and then after you know I'm very happy that they did that yeah right it worked so, perfectly for both of them yes um, and yeah generally we have fun at work so we like the people we work with yeah. so that, that's really 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 good story about the merch thank you yeah yeah, it's, and it's, it's lucky that, I think. Yeah, it's really really lucky and yeah. like but also like I know it was a lot of work yeah um, you put into that and I think like having a uh, collaboration is super important in the startup community right yeah it's I think it's the, the the most important like having collaborations and maintaining relationships are um, two of the most uh, important aspects of the startup ecosystem right mm-hmm. because so many people are doing so many cool projects that you know we try going to networking events now me and Jason just to possibly meet people who are interesting or do interesting startups or who are doing unique things that we would like to learn more about, right? Because what you can do is you can fast track learning or you can fast track like building certain products, Okay. right? So yeah. this, is, this is how we kind of look at it. As long as the, the uh, collaboration is mutually beneficial, it's if it's win-win, more often than not, we're, we're going to try pursuing it, right? Okay, that's, that's an amazing thing. And probably that's a good takeaway for this talk. Um, so just continue talking about this, um, like how you manage like now like uh, the business aspect in general delivery, like marketing, finance, investors, and also see you have uh, Bitcoin payments, mm-hmm. and that's really interesting. Yeah, like uh, so. I mean, you mean how do we manage it? Like yeah, so, like, like so we each have our own roles. We each mm-hmm. have our own departments. Uh, we have protocols and you know um, procedures for each department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I'm doing operations, I'm building a lot of the systems. I'm also doing um, a lot of like networking, going out, getting partnerships, um, doing this stuff that's building the business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, regarding like finance, like I said, Ben's CFO, and we have uh, Lauren, who's also one of the co-founders. Um, she is, uh, manages like, you know, the office, she does all the the stuff with the restaurant partners, mm-hmm. uh, the back end like admin type stuff. Okay. Um, Mark, he is our CMO. Uh, Florian, so we work out of Soul Global Startup Center too, right? Mm-hmm. So our tech team and our uh, marketing team, content management teams, they work here on the fourth floor. Okay. All of our operations staff, you know, um, where the customer services, where me, Jason, Lauren are. Um, logistics manager and the drivers where, where, where they will like check in is in our Hanam Dome office. Okay. Right? Um, we have our director of partnerships, Alan. He is actually in WeWork uh, Ujiro. 
because you know it's a really good uh, place for making these partnerships. Yeah, it's a right? good so um, every person you know has a role has a in role. the in the okay. company, right? Um, fortunately for us, at this point, we're trying to because when you're a startup, you're very small and you have to do everything. Right, yeah, exactly. Right, you have to do everything. So now, as the company grows, you can start creating layers of management, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Okay. Um, in terms of you know being one step further removed from the day to day, so we can actually go out and, and do all these partnership initiatives, go out and raise funding, go out and uh, meet people who are going to like help us get to the next level, right? Okay, yeah. so I have one question for you. Yeah. Um, so I guess at the beginning, um, with Bird Riders, you have to do a lot of things um, because yeah. you're only you and your co-founder, right? Um, we had, we had, we hired some Hiring staff. someone? Okay. Yeah. Okay, you have some staff, but still many of the things you had to do, like business aspect, you were doing it yeah. and you're a co-founder. So how <clears throat> did you start like giving tasks to other people or like delegating more to others and like trying to be okay with it because many people that have startups they are very scared of like delegating work to others because it's not going to go as they think right or as they vision right um okay that's a good question because at the beginning i i didn't like doing that right mm -hmm. i didn't so this is a thing that you have to learn and you have to embrace and you have to actually get better at, right? Okay. Actively. So at the beginning, I was signing restaurants with the translator. Mm -hmm. We've done deliveries for, we did deliveries on the bike for almost two years, right? So we were doing that for almost two and a half, three years, right? So I've literally done every, I did customer service, I've done dispatch, I've I've done every aspect of the business, mm -hmm. right? If you want the business to do anything, you can't do it all, right? You, you're one person. Yeah. So you have to learn to delegate. Um, at first, I don't think I was good at it, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and even today, um, this year, 2019, so every year I usually have like a personal goal, a business goal. 2019, my, my business goal was to be um, a better manager to or be a better team manager to every like manager that is under me mm -hmm. to empower them to do their job as best as possible okay. and, and teach them how to manage people right okay. and show them how it should be done and you know having hard conversations having or in like having those conversations and saying, okay, here's you're doing this well, but if you want to get to this level, you need to, to do these types of things. These are hard th things to learn. So you actively have to, to train yourself to do them, right? So for me, uh, I kind of treated it, you know, just like going to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Many people don't like going to the gym, some people do. But if you don't like going to the gym, guess what? If you want to like be in shape, you got to go to the, the gym. gym. Yeah, you got to exactly. eat healthy, right? Yeah, you if you want to be a good leader, you have to learn these, these traits. So I look at everything from problem solution, right? And then I try to improve myself first, right? Mm -hmm. So be introspective first and then you can help others. Um, and that's kind of 
where I'm at, and I I feel um, I'm, I've grown a lot even this year in terms of that. So never stop learning how to you know help people. Never stop learning how to you know handle situations better. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest aspects of, of running a grown business, a growing business, is uh, managing people. Like we have over sixty people. Wow, that's uh, yeah, a yeah, huge yeah, amount of staff. Yeah, yeah. So sixty people all have different personalities. Yeah, all of them, right? When you're a startup and you have just you and your co-founders, you never think of this. Like if it's your first startup, you never think of this. Um, and then that becomes one of the hardest parts of the business, <laughs> you know? So you start, how you start like um, pushing that? Like, like you said, you have like these goals like this year. You have KPIs, right? So yeah. I mean, you have, uh, you know, targets that you want to hit based on, you know, numbers, based on, um, you know, data, right? So mm-hmm. everything that we do is data driven, right? So we have so much data. What time did the customer place the order? What time did the restaurant respond to us uh, sending them the order? Mm-hmm. What time's pickup? What time did the driver pick up? What, like, when, when, it was it, when was it delivered? How long was the gap between when he arrived at their house and like, you know, the, um, we call it the drop time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go into some of these big apartment complexes, the yeah. drop time, sometimes if the elevators aren't right, it can be like 10, 15 minutes, right? Wow. So it's good to have that data to know if we're going here, this guy's not going to be free for X amount of time. So, um, or, you know, there's sales targets. There's so many different, it depends on the, the um, on the position. Uh, well, it depends on the department, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it depends mm-hmm. on what you're trying to do. There's KPI. Everything should be KPI based for us and everything is performance based, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not, one of the first things that we try telling our employees is, you know, how we want the company to run is everybody is respected everybody should be driven everybody should you know be trusted in what they're doing and and growing with the company because we understand that people aren't going to work for us forever we understand that and we're happy with that right because everybody should be trying to grow together you know what i mean um and we kind of encourage that growth but sometimes, you know, things don't work out, right? And people just can't hit KPIs and, and you know, KPIs are there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if we don't hit these numbers, then we don't go to enough new zones for sales. Yeah. Or if we're not hitting our uh, driver utilization rate number, which it's going to make, sh- make our profits go down because we're not maximizing driver efficiency mm-hmm. enough, right? There's so many... KPIs, yeah. And also, what you're saying right now is very interesting. Like, you know that people are not going to stay forever right. in shuttle. And I think, like, many managers of many, also, like, big companies and startups, they think people will stay with them forever or they want them. Oh, I mean, that's, but, that's silly. And some people, like, when somebody quits, they take it personally. And that's, I heard some cases, and that's very, very hard. Yeah, um, but I like the perspective you have. Like you're trying to meet your order staff to go forward, to continue growing, yeah. and that mentality I think helps them and also helps each other. Right. So I guess yeah. Um, one of my staff came up to me, and he said, "He's like, okay, you know, I got a job offer to work at Coca Cola, mm-hmm. right?" And I'm like, 
Okay, I'm, first of all, Coca-Cola is a great company, a great <laughs> opportunity, right? So yeah. if you want to take that job, I 100% you should take that job. That's a good opportunity for you. Um, so I'm not gonna be angry or annoyed at you. Just leave properly, that's it, mm -hmm. right? We need to hire somebody else, we need to hand over everything you're doing, and I will happily give you good recommendations. So everything is about you know, how you conduct your personal business, mm -hmm. right, in the end. Um, same thing as business, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work with people who, who have like poor reputations. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna work with people who have already burned me one time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so you cool. learn all these things as you're going around. And for, uh, for an employer to think that an entry level employee with no uh, vertical growth is, is gonna stay with them forever, it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So going for more like motivation, um, things that motivated you to continue doing uh, self-delivery on bird riders. So tell me, what is one or two things that you will have done different oh. in bird, right, um, bird drivers on self-delivery? What I have done different? Yeah. Okay. One thing I would have done different is uh, use a different accountant when I first came here. An accountant. Right, so okay. <clears throat> like I said, we're not Korean, we're not Kyopo, we're, we need visas. Yeah. Right, so uh, there's a company called Kotra, which is like the Korean, uh, Kotra, uh, it's like a Korean outside, like investment company for foreigners who want to invest. Kotra? K-O-T-R-A. Yeah, Kotra. Yeah, Kotra, yeah. So it's a government organization. So we contacted them and we're like, hey, we want to do this. We mm -hmm. want to invest this much money. Um, do you have any recommendations for our accountants who can register our company, who can get us the visas, who can do all these do things? Do all the old stuff. Yes. So they recommend us one. We used that one. She was like, not cheap. And she did, she did it wrong, right? Huh. So we ended up not having, we, did, we couldn't get D8 visas, which is an investment visa. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get D8 visas. So for two and a half years, we were on C4 short-term business uh, visas, okay. right? So every 90 days, we had to go to Japan to leave, Gosh. right? Until, you know, we got like a proper visa, which ended up being for me like 2016. Well, so from 2014 to 2016, every 90 days, going every 90 out. days, I had to leave. And you know, sometimes it's don't get me wrong. I loved going to Japan, right? Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, but leaving because there's like you have to leave. A lot of times, it's not convenient at that time to leave. Exactly, it's not convenient because yeah. probably you have like a meeting, you have yeah. or this problem or launching yes. a new part of the yes. product. Yes, and then you're like, I need to go to Japan. If not, yes. Might be, I will have and like, you know, you, you're not going there for one day because I'm not like doing a visa run. Yeah. So how long you would going around? Like, uh, I would usually go Monday morning. Uh, we had it timed out. It was funny. <laughs> we had it timed out. So we would leave from Gimpo Airport okay. at like 7, we'd fly at like 6 or 7 a.m. Land in Haneda, which is like, you know, the two city airports. Yeah. So we would get into the Korean embassy by like 10.30. The deadline to apply for the lunchtime was before lunchtime at 
we would apply Monday and then we would get the visa on Thursday and fly out. So it was like, you know, four days that you're out of, out of commission, um, which sometimes, sometimes I feel like you need that anyways, because yeah. it's very stressful running a startup to begin <laughs> with, right? Um, but that's one thing I would change. And another thing I would change would be Getting more people involved earlier, like, you know, shuttle is great because of the partners we have. Mm -hmm. um, I would have probably put more positions, more people in positions of uh, management from the start. Because what ended up happening was I ended up working in the business a lot more rather than working on the business. You know what I mean? Okay. So, how? Well, for instance, for like two years, I was doing deliveries, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to hire drivers. I'm trying to train drivers. I'm trying to hire customer service staff. I'm trying to train customer service staff. I'm trying to sign restaurants. I'm trying to train salespeople. I'm trying to do sales. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, I'm delivering, right? No, it was impossible. So you know, and some part of me is like, oh man the business could have grown faster had I been able to focus on growing the business and not working on in the, the nitty gritty yeah. details of, of the business, you know? So I won't make that mistake again. And I, I didn't make that mistake uh, with Crave really. So yeah, those are the two things okay. I would say on my mistakes. So now you mentioned Crave. Yeah. So can you explain us later a little about that? Crave, Crave came about, <clears throat> So Crave is a catering company that we started in 2017. Um, Crave came about because, you know, at Shuttle, we deal with a lot of restaurants. Uh, we have like a large customer base and our customer base sometimes is asking for catering, right? Okay. Do you guys do catering? No, we're a delivery company. We don't do catering, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, you know, we got approached by a guy, Abe, um, who was doing a catering company called Brooklyn Catering. So he was doing some catering events around town, catering for uh, companies like School Foreign School, some of the chambers of commerce, stuff like that. So we, we had previously done a business called High Street Market, which is like a foreign food market, okay. um, which we were talking about buying. We didn't end up buying, but we ended up working in there for six months. Mm -hmm. So we ended up working in there for six months and you know, we learned that the most profitable portion of that business was the catering. Okay. So we were interested in it. And then yeah. we got approached by Abe like shortly after we got out of, we decided not to, to do the high street market thing. So we were like, Ooh, catering. Like we know catering is like quite, quite profitable. Um, and we ended up doing it. So shuttle is an investor in Crave. Right. Yeah. So Crave is a, a catering company. Um, West, so it's a mid to high end uh, Western catering company. Um, we do corporate catering for clients mm -hmm. like uh, Chanel, WeWork, Facebook. When Apple launched here, we did their event. We do a lot of the embassy okay. events. Wow. Um, Seoul Foreign School is one of our big clients. So mm -hmm. last uh, last school year, last fall, um, Seoul Foreign School actually launched like a beautiful new high school and uh, asked us, because we were doing so many of their catering events for board rooms and like so, parent-teacher yeah. conference, mm -hmm. they asked us to come up with some type of concept for, um, you know, 
international for an international school mm -hmm. they wanted like international food they wanted it healthy and you know sustainable like so we came up they're like we were like okay what we want to do is come up with a, a product where it's like western style or not western style international international, food, international cuisine for an international school that is healthy not like frozen food foods that get are you know yeah. reheated in the states mm -hmm. right it's not that everything is from scratch everything is like has a has a focus on sustainability like you can't even use plastic you can't use this there oh, right wow. so you, you can't even use plastics there mm -hmm. so they wanted us to come up with a concept for a, a new um, uh, kitchen and or sorry canteen for their kids so the cafeteria you know there's over 500 students every day and we're catering running their school the lunch school program, program. Okay. yeah for high for the high school right? wow that's an amazing project yeah and like came up with the whole the plan and yes. like the whole specifications yes really um and also uh crave has during 2018 the olympics uh we got contracted by nbc mm -hmm. um nbc news uh, which was like the main uh reporter of the olympics, yeah, of the olympics. um they had like a three thirds three thousand person crew here and for every day for about three months we were doing the catering over for there yeah for winter so we had a we have a production kitchen that um we made all the goods it was sandwiches it was salads it was vegan bowls um and then we would drop off everything like halfway between here and pyeongchang in the morning mm -hmm. and then which i also did some of the deliveries <laughs> for there like driving a car right <laughs> like from here to there like yeah that. yeah like every every like, like probably, i did it probably two or three days a week for three months, three months at like 5.30 in the morning. Had to be there by six. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we also do prepared foods, which uh, we do a vegan vegan line called Spoon Me, and we do a salad line called um, Crave Salads and Crave Hummus. We okay. make, make our own hummus. Um, and these products are sold on market curly. Oh, wow. Do you know Market yeah. Curly? Yeah. So Market Curly is like basically Amazon Fresh of Korea. Yeah, Amazon. Um, so we sell products on there and we also do ghost kitchens on the shuttle. So we create our own brands. We've created Crave Salads, uh, you know, Spoon Me, Crave Hummus. We used to have Crave Sandwiches. We used to have Wing It, right? And then we push those, we, we leverage shuttle. Shuttle's like user base. Yeah. We list them on shuttle and we do uh, on-demand food for well, that. That's so, that's really good. Yeah, and I like it because you you went in a complementary business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so that's kind of why we ended up going into it, and that's yeah. that's crave uh, in a nutshell. Okay. So what was one thing you made um, when you start like crave mm -hmm. that you wanted to do when you started um, shuttle? Sorry, say that again. Like for example, um, one thing that, for example, you did really well on 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 tape, mm -hmm. and you said like, oh, I should have done this in shuttle when I started shuttle. Oh, funding. I mean, okay, so you know, I've by now I've wrote so many business plans, mm -hmm. right? And we've worked on so many pitch decks. And so for example, you told me you wrote the um, a business plan in Shanghai, right? Yeah. How much percent of the, that business plan is still like active now? A lot of it. Oh wow. A, a lot of it. Um, it's evolved though, right? Mm -hmm. It's more than, than what it was. It's not less, if you know what I mean. 
So you start seeing new opportunities that you didn't see when you weren't doing the business, right? Um, but, you know, one thing that I wish I would have done differently or that I did differently in Crave is, you know, we, were, we, we knew how to write the business plan. We knew how to, uh, we knew the frequently asked questions that investors always ask. Uh, we knew what we needed in terms of like uh, capital from a team. We knew how much of a grind it was going to be. Like because when you a lot of people start startups, they think it's like I don't know like the you know the whole we were kind of situation where it's like people are like oh this is so fun people are drinking beer and like you know and drinking coffee yeah. and like, you know having fun. Like, like a lot of times, startup is just like a roller coaster. You know, it's like a roller coaster that, you know, one moment you just made the awesomest like partnership, right? The next moment you're like, oh man, something like just really bad happened. And but it's, it's like you gotta have a really short memory, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, you can never be like feeling yourself too much to where you're, where people are like, oh congratulations, shows like doing well. I'm like. Like shovels, like a success. I'm like shovels, not a success. It's if when you start thinking like that, uh -huh. that's that's when your business starts going down, right? So you always have to be grinding. You always have to be working on the next partnership. Always have to be working on you know the next 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 things. Like you know a couple of quarters down the road, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's all about how you approach the beginning. With Crave, we knew how to approach to the beginning. We knew the work that was going to be, um, and I think we had a better, better like plan for getting investors. Okay. Right, and we had strategic investors too. Right. Okay. So just for the last questions now, you said being in the startup world is like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep motivate yourself when you're like in a low part of that roller coaster? Like how do you? go forward and like start going up again? Uh, I don't know how to answer that because for me, I'm always, I'm always motivated, <laughs> right? Like that's, I think that's one of my like personality traits okay. is I'm just like very driven and mm -hmm. uh, I want to succeed. But I mean, obviously there's times where you just have to kind of like, you know, pick yourself up off the mat, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like this happened, you're like, oh. <laughs> So, I mean, by now, it's like I said, I have such a short memory of failures because there's so many, like, attempts at stuff that we do that aren't, that don't, like, blow up, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, for instance, like, the high street thing. I worked for free for six months in this high street thing and for free, work. and we didn't even end up buying it, right? Because we were doing our due diligence, yeah. right? So, one, you have to be um, not afraid to take certain like calculated risks right because actually the riskiest thing in a business is not taking any risks at all you know because then you end up missing some opportunities right when you always play the safe card you end up missing so many opportunities and so many opportunities pass you by so for me um number one it's good to have co-founders that are you know positive mm -hmm. surround yourself with positive people um Generally, I just, you know, I, for a while I was boxing, right? Okay. I was boxing and that kind so of like, you, you, you get some, you get some frustration <laughs> out boxing. You get it out like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I go to the gym a lot, which keeps my stress levels down. But 
um, generally it's me uh, being like, it's gonna be fine, mm-hmm. right? We just have to do this, right? That, like I'm usually the guy who's who's kind of like bringing other people up, like pushing them, like motivating them, motivating them, mm-hmm. right? So um, for me, it's kind of difficult. If I get to that low, low, low point, I don't know. I haven't been there in so long. Because I'm generally pretty happy and pretty uh, motivated. That's a really person. Um, but I do have like friends or coworkers who get there, mm-hmm. and it's just like, no, that's not like, come on, man, like you're fine, like don't do this. It's just about being motivated and about um, helping other people, you know. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's all about um, you know positive interactions with people. Generally, I think people like. Uh, shuttle like in the community because we're actually in the community we're going to start up events you can see us at wing nights you can come up to <laughs> us and talk we're normal people right so yeah, get a really cool big yeah so we're just like hanging out and then people kind of like will champion our brands for us you know because we're not gonna like do anything shady we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna like be like rude we're always respectful we're yeah. always you know willing to um you know like your podcast right like i'm yeah. always happy to come on and speak to people and like hopefully like one or two people can maybe like you know hear what i'm saying and it helps them right so that's the most important yeah yeah and just like for final advice what you will like when you will start like um the new business um what would be the advice for new people people who starting their own startups mm-hmm. like what to focus on what to focus on. Okay, so the thing about startups that I find and the thing about people doing startups is like everybody's, everybody always says like, oh, I have this really good idea. Uh-huh. I have this really good idea. I'm like, hmm. Like sometimes you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that. And then you'll see them like two, three months later. It's like, did you start doing that? They're like, no, I, I haven't started yet. I'm like thinking I need money. Like I got to write. I'm like, Start writing the business plan today, right? Start putting the wheels in motion today because ideas are so easy to come up with. I can come up with 10 ideas today that can be businesses, yeah, right? But it's a different, like, an idea versus, like, putting it into play and then executing it mm-hmm. are so much differently. <laughs> like, an idea is less than 1% of a business. Okay. Right. So if you get to the point where, okay, you've got the business plan, you've wrote the IR deck, and then, then guess what? If you don't like people, you have to go out and meet people and get investors unless you have the money yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you have to put yourself in the best position to win, right? If you're not doing all these steps, like I'm saying, I'm just, I can tell, I could tell somebody to, to get funding for a business, you need to do these things, okay. these 10 things, right? If they choose not to do those 10 things and then they still don't have funding, I'm gonna say, did you write a pitch deck? Did you write a business plan? No. Did you go out and like network and try like going to any, meeting any angels or talking to VCs or incubators or anything like that? No. Well, like, like nobody's gonna come up to you and say, "Hey, can I invest in your company that I don't know about?" Yeah. Nobody. Nobody will do that. Ever. Nobody ever, right? So you have to be 
be out there, be putting in the work. Because, like, you know, in, in life, nobody is going to feel sorry for you if, like, an opportunity misses you or people aren't going to be like, oh, you know, Jose, so sorry, like, just didn't work out, you know. Nobody, like, and then they forget about it, right? They forget about it after that, right? Yeah. So if you want things to happen and you want your situation to change, you are the only one that can, like, you know, control your own destiny. So it's uh, about putting in the work and, you know, start right when you say you want to do something. If you truly, if you truly want to do it, do it. When I, when it, for me, you know, fortunately, I, like, um, was, I worked a part-time job and I was working on a business plan after I quit my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was making just enough money to where I could pay my rent, right? So I could put all my other energy towards starting a business that I wanted to start, right? If you're not willing to do some of these things, then you're probably not gonna be able to even start the business, right? Um, and surely it won't be successful, right? So take the steps necessary to be, to put yourself in the position to be successful is the, is the gist of it, yeah. Just be there, start working and start doing things, get out, look opportunities. Yeah, I mean, nobody's gonna, nobody, most people aren't coming to you with opportunities yeah. if you're just like, you mm-hmm. could be the best coder or in your, but if you're just sitting there not like, you know, hanging out, you know, nobody's gonna come to you and be like, hey, can you be the CTO of my company? If you wanna be a CTO of a company and you have specific projects you want to do, you should go to the CTO meetups. You should go to uh, coding, code academies. You should go to all these places where they're hiring people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, again, nobody's gonna hire you just because, like, you're sitting there out in that office, right, coding. If you're boring and if you're not like personable and they come up to you, most of the time they're just gonna be like, oh yeah, he's probably a good coder, but but that's it. Yeah, no more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So have personality. Come up. Come across as somebody who's likable. Come across as um, you know somebody who follows through. Right. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue that I find with a lot of startups, startup uh, entrepreneurs, is um, that there's not a lot of follow through, right? Mm-hmm. So I appreciate when somebody's like, okay, can we do this interview? Yeah, let's do this interview. Okay, let's do it at 2.30, right? Yeah. I'll book the room, we do it at 2.30, yeah. and then we, we get it done. Because I'm trying to prepare, I'm going home for about a month. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to like get all my stuff done. So I'm like, I got this amount of time to like do these things, right? Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's pretty much all that I would say is, the biggest thing you can do is get going have an idea don't tell me about your idea 20 times right yeah just flesh out your idea write the business plan if the business plan makes sense and you're out there trying to get funding you'll get funding that's that's an amazing advice and and really thank you that for all this Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. for all the advice and all the story you told us it's really really good Mm, thank you um for sure people just download if they're in korea download shuttle yeah if you use my name, if you use my name in the credit code section, they'll get, uh, you guys can get a free delivery, 4,000 discount off your order. Perfect. Yeah. So put that, you can, you can, you can bump that and they can get a little uh, tip 
Just be like, it's at the end of the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> can put it like in the comments section mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. But but sure, but thank you for your help. I hope like all this advice, yeah. um, somebody get it out there and like help them mm-hmm. to keep going and to start the startup. And yeah, congrats for all your success. Thank you. And see you around. See you around. Good luck with yours too. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Good job. <laughs>